podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise for your haunted wildcatters of spooky Bosco boys. The boys are back, and it's time to talk a little bit of hoops. And I was thinking to myself when when I was making the schedule, you know, like, all right, it's time to talk some hoops. Who should I get on? Who should I get on? I was like, man, I can't come up with anyone. Who's the best guy on the K-State basketball beat? Who's the funniest guy on the K-State basketball beat? Who's the most knowledgeable guys? Like, well, it's me. I, I, you know, I'll do a solo show by myself at some point, I'm sure. But I'm like, who's number two in all of this? Well, it's my guy, Grant Flanders, aka Flando. He is the hoops man and much more. You know, he's handing out grades for the football team every weekend on KSO as well. But he's always been my guy for basketball. And you know what? Like I said, I'll do a solo show talking about basketball at some point. But I figured we'll kick off, you know, the basketball extravaganza with the man, the myth, the legend, Flando. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? I'm great. And I just want people to know since you brought it up, if you're not subscribed, um, I want you to subscribe. I guess you could talk shit on Twitter too. Look at those football grades and bring all the shit that you want to our message board and talk shit. Like I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. Um, it's why uh, it's why I'm a media member to take shit. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, besides that, I'm excited to talk basketball with you, Scott. That's where my opinions are always correct. And that's why you said what you said about me. <laughs> Yes, and, and, and I, I think you always do a great job, and it's always fun to kind of see how uh, how heated things get. But, hey, you know what? That's the fun part about message boards. Uh, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. And, my friend, you're a chef, so uh, you, you can take the heat. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of a chef, but then I, like, leave work and I cry to myself because uh, I get cyberbullied. Speaking sometimes. of the chef. Oh, yeah. What about the I'm chef? going on the actual. I'm going on the actual chef's podcast tomorrow. Cocaine oh, Willie, Cocaine Willie, or whatever. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we'll give a plug to them. Uh, this will be, this will be in everyone's podcast feeds Wednesday morning. I think they publish theirs Wednesday night or Thursday morning. So you'll be going on the Cocaine Willie uh, live show on Spotify Live. Uh, yeah. So that yeah. it started off as uh, they they started it off as kind of doing a, a after show uh, after the Bosco's Boys live show on. Uh, I can't even remember where we were uh, color cast. We were on color cast for a little bit and people were like, Oh man, I, I don't want this to end. I want to keep going. It's like someone needs to create like an after hours type thing. So uh, you know, the good chef yeah. and Bob trolls being some of those guys, they started doing it. I was like, you guys need to just turn it into your own little podcast. So cocaine Willie's the name of it. I think you can find it on any other uh, podcast uh, app. Uh, just guys and gals talking cats, having a good time. 
uh, a less structured version of the you know Wednesday live shows that we publish on Fridays. So check it out. And Flando will be over there. So good plug, good plug for the good chef. Uh, is, is that your first <laughs> time? Chef, man. Is this going to be your first time talking on one of these live shows on Spotify Live? Well, except for that golden one that I had with you, um, you and Grant, KSU. What was that last? Was that last year? Where we had a real fun time, and I made a fool of myself, honestly, because I was. That was just in the chat, right? Or did you get up on stage? I did get on stage for a second, and I made a fool of myself because I wasn't prepared, and I was Uh inebriated. Well, hey, it it happens, and and that's what that's what the live shows are all about. (laughs) That's what the live shows are all about. Uh, Before we get into the first question, I want to give a shout out to my dudes over at Manhattan Brewing Company. If you want the best tasting, best variety, and freshest beer in the entire state of Kansas, go into the Manhattan Brewing Company uh, tap room, go to the brewery, say what's up to the guys and gals running uh, the the show, pulling taps, get some beers, get some four packs to go, and then this is the mission for all the boneheads. If you live in the state of Kansas, I don't know if they distribute anywhere in Missouri yet, but you can do it in Missouri Nebraska, Oklahoma, Colorado, any of the bordering states. This is the mission. Go to your local liquor store and throw a fit. Cause a scene that can get you on YouTube and go viral until they bring in Manhattan Brewing Company beer and have it in their craft beer section. It's already showing up in a lot of spots in Kansas, but I want everyone to make sure it's in your favorite liquor store. After this show, when we wrap up, I'm going to crack open a pumpkin beer because it's fall. It's fall, y'all. So, yeah, that, that that's the ad read this week. You're about to be liable for a lot of uh, liquor stores. Okay, uh, <laughs> disclaimer, <laughs> disclaimer. I'm, I don't actually want you guys to do that. Just ask politely, multiple times. <laughs> ask politely. Multiple. There you go. Yes. All right, uh, let's get into it. Um, first off, you know, this was the first question we asked you the last mm-hmm. time I was on, and this has been something that's been on K-Staters' minds. Uh, basically all summer then you know all fall now we're getting closer to the winter desi sills my guy is he in manhattan yet he is how about it i mean just got there this weekend um you know we we had a rumbling about it last week that it was gonna happen and sure enough he got graduated at arkansas state um, and now he's, uh, I think, you know, immediately eligible as a grad transfer at K-State, you know, because he was able to barely make the mark. Was it literally like last week we were on and we were talking about how or a week and a half ago we were on together and we were talking about, oh, pretty much a week away. He needs to get enrolled so he can get into eight week courses. And just in the nick of the time, it seems as if he's done it. Yes, and it was. It was a few weeks ago when we came on, when we had you do a quick little basketball hit for the Wildcat Roundup. Um, he's on campus. Uh, yes, he, he missed all the summer workouts. He's missed, what, two yeah. weeks of official practice. Um, so he, he's not going to be exactly what I think we all want and expect mm-hmm. that very first game. But how important is it to get him in the fold and – uh, my whole mantra or kind of what I'm hoping is, you know, get him ready to be starting versus West Virginia on New Year's Eve. Um, games mm-hmm. are tipping off in less than a month. So I guess I'll ask you this. What, what are you expecting from him 
uh, you know, in that exhibition, that first game versus uh, Texas Rio Grande Valley, then maybe what might we see uh, once Big 12 play uh, starts tipping off and he kind of gets his feet underneath him? I think, you know, his experience just in college basketball is going to play a a large role in him moving really, you know, quicker than a lot of guys would in his situation coming in really late because he has missed a lot and it's going to take some time for him to get acclimated into a completely new system um, and figure things out. But he has the experience. He's been in two different systems now with Arkansas and Arkansas state. So he knows that he knows how to, you know, um, acclimate to a new system. Um, But this is going to have to be expedited because I doubt he's ever missed, you know, uh, workouts like this, unless he's had an injury in the past that's forced it. But regardless, even even when you have an injury, at least you're still around the team and whatnot. He still needs to, you know, get closer with the team, um, bond with guys that have been bonding. Um, something that I think that part should come along quicker than anything else because the staff is so personable. They're so good at getting guys together. And um, that's something that I think he'll, he'll be friends with the the guys, you know, right away. But as far as playing, that's something that is going to be interesting. I think because of his experience, midway through the non-conference schedule, he should be able to be in a stride where they should they could feel comfortable starting him. Um, obviously, I think he'll play uh, right away, um, whether, you know, off the bench or starting, I assume probably coming off the bench at first. We'll see. I mean, because, yeah, it's a month away that that we're here. So it's it's not too far around the corner but I think Desi Sills has the skill the experience that it won't take him too long to to get into the fold and the swing of things but it's just super important because he brings uh something that I don't think any of the other guards on the team really have except for maybe Marquise Noel but Marquise Noel has to focus on being a point guard first and that's being a, a real scoring threat a real dog um, when it comes to scoring the basketball um, from all three levels. So I really like what Desi Sills is going to bring in that aspect. But, yeah, it's going to take some time, I think, for him to come along. And hopefully, like you said, by West Virginia, he'll be in the starting lineup because he is that caliber of player. Um, and this team will be better off if he's good enough to be starting. Yes. Uh, and, again, I, I, I – dude, I'm pumped. Like <laughs> – I, I, you know, this is in the script, and I, I'm like, man, we, we kick off conference play with Bob Huggins coming to town on New Year's Eve. Whew, gosh, I, I, I'm just pumped. You know, I, this is a really fun. I, I was talking about on the Q&A show how much fun I'm having with this football season. But I, it's been a long time since I've been this excited for a basketball season, I, and, and it's just so exciting. And, you know, to keep it even going next week, I at least, or next week or early the following week, I can't remember the exact day, October 19th, maybe, uh, Big 12 Media Days here yeah, at T-Mobile. Right. Is it 19th? 19th. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should mess around and try to get credentialed for that. Oh, please do it. Me and I, DY will be up in there. Come join us. Okay. Uh Oh, let me see. Let me see what I can do. Let me see what I can I know, do. I know you have a whole full-time yeah. job. On yes, it, it, it's busy. And this is my busy season. But, uh, you know, I, I, I might try to since it's local. Uh, stay tuned. We'll we'll talk offline about that. This is great podcasting. Yeah, uh, but here, here's, here's, uh, here's where I'm going to redeem myself. Because Big 12 Media Day is right around the corner. Marquise Noel, 
Keontae Johnson and Naquan Tomlin showing up. Obviously, we know Marquise is the obvious pick. We we know we know what he can bring. I I, I don't think we need to really talk too much about Marquise. Maybe we will later, but we know what he's going to bring. Uh, I'll, I'll t- ask you about Keontae a little bit later, but Tomlin is a guy who is such an interesting case. He's played three years at JUCO. He's played next to none, if any at all, basketball before his time at JUCO. And you talk to anyone in Manhattan around the basketball team, they rant and rave about him. And again, Jerome Tang is taking two dudes who are experienced, who've been playing big-time college basketball, who have talked with the media before, and then a guy who's been at JUCO for three years. What do you think? What what does that say about Tomlin? What what does that say about Jerome Tang's confidence in this kid that he's bringing him alongside, you know, Marquise and Keontae? <laughs> I think that was a huge key in showing how good this guy can be. I mean, yeah, I mean, one of the first things Tang said when asked about Tomlin what, a month or two ago or whatever was, uh, <clears throat> what is he going to bring to the table? And he said the sky's the limit, basically, for this guy. Like, uh, if he – the potential is is untapped as well. And that's the thing. Because at Juco, uh, the way people rave about him, it makes you think, man, he, this guy should have gone for at least 20 per game at the Juco level. Um, but I think, you know, partially it's like you said, experience in basketball um, and probably being um, – which is great for teams – being a unselfish teammate um, has played a role in him not being as prolific as he probably could and should have been at the Juco level. Um, But here we are, everyone's raved about him. Like you said, like there's not one guy or gal that talks about Tomlin and doesn't talk about him as being uh, possibly one of the best players on this team um if not the most talented i mean that's that's the kind of stuff that gets thrown around here and there um and i guess it's not too surprising when yeah you think about the fact he is he is tall he's 6'10 he's long and he somehow has skills like a guard um which is incredible too when you talk about the experience because it's like that's what makes it mind-boggling what you've only played three years of juco and you didn't play any high school basketball really hard to believe but also an amazing story, just incredible because you apparently are extremely skilled. Um, and that's something that is going to be massive for this team if he can actually reach that uh, full potential. But it sounds like he's he's showing good things in practice. Maybe he could be more consistent. Um, but the fact is, uh, he it sounds like he's going to be a day one starter. Sure, the, yeah, the staff – doesn't want, you know, us even really publishing things out there saying, oh, this is what the starting lineup's going to be. I, I really don't mind putting that stuff out there. I have on occasion on the message board and and other places, you know, um, but I get it. I mean, they don't want guys to hear that. But that's the thing is I'm just a media person. I'm not a coach. I don't know who's going to start. I just like throwing out random uh darts and saying this is what's going to happen but i think it's pretty clear that tomlin's probably going to be a day one starter and be a huge piece for this team and like you just said bringing him to um bringing him to kansas city next week is is a pretty clear sign of that because they could have brought ish masood who's a the only other returner um along with marquise noel they could have brought uh 
Um, Ike Green, he's played a lot Ike of basketball. Green, he's experienced. Could even brought Cam Carter just to give him that kind of experience early in his career still. Um, but, you know, they went with Tomlin, who's, yeah, he's going into his fourth year of college basketball technically. It was two years left. So it makes sense bringing him. Um, but I don't think they would have brought him if it wasn't the fact that he's also got all this amazing potential. Definitely. So we, we talked about Tomlin. Uh, I had him and Keontae kind of labeled three, four. I mean, I think in this offense, I think the three and four are going to be more interchangeable than we've seen in other years. But I mean, here, here we see a guy who is coming off of what, two years since he's, I mean, it's been a long time since he's played a lot of ball. Like, yes, he had that very scary instance early in the 2020 season did not play at all last season. It sounds like they're easing him into things. But again, uh, I had a worry. I, I had in my gut, I had this worry because there's the talk about the tw- uh, the 10 game or five game or whatever it is with his insurance policy. Oh, once he plays so many games. Uh, 10 games. Yep. Yeah, 10 <laughs> games. The insurance policy has gone. Uh, and, and in my head, I'm like, man. I'm a little, I'm a little worried about that, but they, they just did the get to know you Jenga and Keontae was on there with Thomas and uh, he was saying, Wildcat fans, I'm not going to let you down. Like I did in this Jenga game. Cause he lost a Jenga game and he's <laughs> going to big 12 media days. And I'm just like, all right, th- there seems to be enough internal hype, enough internal buzz. And then now they're pushing him out there into the public. Like, okay, that's not a fear for me anymore. Uh, so, so what are you expecting to see? I mean, is he going to be a 20 plus minute guy right from the jump? Do you think it's going to be a slow and steady buildup to big 12 plays similar to, you know, what we were talking about with uh, Desi Sills? Uh, what are your expectations early? And then what do you think the expectations will be once this team peaks for Keontae Johnson? Instantly 20 plus minutes per game for Keontae Johnson um, is what I would assume. Um, I think, you just said it right there uh, with that game that he played at Django, which I still have yet to watch, but sounds like uh, was a funny, fun video that he just did. I think the video, that's the thing is I love what the media team does for K-State puts out for football and basketball puts out, you know, things that makes it so we could to see a little bit of the personality behind these players and coaches. Um, when Tang had his birthday, that video was freaking hilarious. But <laughs> but you notice if you notice closely when they're in the locker room, like Keontae's like huge smile right next to Tang. Like he he's already a leader of this team, Keontae Johnson. I really do believe it. Um, and he's going to stay that, I think, both on the court, off the court. Um, and due to that, yeah. And then, I mean, yeah, he's super skilled, uh, <laughs> super good, super – uh, he's an athletic guy. It's not like his his injury was super scary. His uh, medical scare with his myocarditis um, when he dropped to the floor at Florida, but you know he's he's back and he's he's better. And I don't want to say this and make it sound disingenuous or whatever, but at least it wasn't a knee injury, and it's something that holds his athleticism back because he was a great athlete, and that shouldn't change because of what he went through in the past. I mean, we could maybe I'm not a doctor, so maybe it could, but we know how in in, uh, knee injuries go and stuff like that go in basketball and football. So at least he hasn't had something like that um, where it could affect his athleticism. 
as long as everything else is going health wise, which it seems like it is, I think he's going to make a giant impact on and off the court and play. Yeah. 25 plus minutes, uh, right away. I mean, obviously you're going to play some cupcakes here and there, so he won't have to play giant minutes if they get up huge on some teams early on in the season. But um, yeah, I expect, I expect big minutes uh, throughout from Keontae and uh, hopefully yeah, he doesn't pull the curtain out before the 10 games and say, I want that five mil. I, 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 know how I, I don't that think it's going to happen again. No. I, I think he, he, I don't think any college kid is a good enough actor uh, because like you said, you see all the promotional stuff ever since he showed up on campus. You see some of the stuff on social media. He's going to Big 12 Media Days. I My worry yeah. for that is all but washed away. So I, I'm not too worried about it. And then also a, a fun kind of, uh, you know, low-key kind of underrated thing about him coming to K-State. There's going to be some NBA scouts who are going to be making that trip. They're going to be flying in from Chicago and Dallas on American airlines to check out this K-State Wildcat basketball team because he is on this squad. Again, we, we've had some free agent pickups, but I think it's been since Wesley Awandu that K-State has had an NBA draft pick. Now, Xavier Sneed is on a, a roster going into this season. Dean Wade just got a big contract. So it's not like we've been with zero NBA guys since then, but uh, I think Keontae could be a guy who – with that athletic pedigree, what we saw in Florida, and then if he can prove, hey, I'm back and better than ever, I think he's a guy who I don't think he's a lottery pick. I, I, I think that scare probably makes him a no-go mm-hmm. for the lottery. But if he has a big season, what do you think? Could he be back into the first round, Would it, early second? What do you think the NBA potential ceiling is for Johnson? Man, I mean, I do think, I do think if he can score what? 15 to 20 points per game, which is a lot in college. Um, that's, that's, to me, he has to be a first rounder at that point. Um, if he, if he shows the ability to that he had at Florida, just such a solid player. I mean, NBA players would love to have a guy like that. He's a three and D instantly on any team um, in the league, which NBA teams love guys like that. Um, he's a thicker uh I mean, obviously different player than Ochai Abaji, but I feel like he could go in the same area of the draft as Ochai Abaji, um, kind of as a guy that is more experienced. Cause yeah, a lot of experienced guys usually don't go early on in NBA drafts, but if you can shoot the three and you can play some defense and you have some length and some athleticism to you, uh, you're going to get drafted. Um, and I, I do think if he has a great season, yeah, 15, 20 points per game, which would be exceptional for K-State, um, and he's able to rebound the basketball and, and show that he can defend um, and doesn't have any health scares along the way, I, I, I think it is – I think it, it. I think he has to go late first round at the latest, in my opinion. It is going to be exciting to watch him. Before we ask about some of the talented guards, we've once again teamed up with Charlie Hustle. We are bringing Wildcat fans the freshest game day gear around. Whether you're living it up with your friends in Aggieville, catching a game at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, or going to the Octagon of Doom, Charlie Hustle has the best K-State gear for you and your squad. Shop online at charliehustle.com or visit their KC store on the Country Club Plaza 
And hey, guess what? They are in select retailers in Manhattan and throughout the region as well. Shop Charlie Hustles K State Collection today. I'm rocking one of their crew necks, the most comfortable crew neck I own. So I am rocking that right now. We need to that get thing is some sweet. Yeah, it has a K State Wildcats with the Cocaine Willie logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to get you in some Charlie Hustle gear, my friend. Yes. Well, hell, I think you have the uh, the jacket from them. I do, and I need to wear that tomorrow. I don't know. I guess it's not on video. Yeah, it's, it's not video. You could be naked on uh, on Spotify <laughs> well, then, Live. In that case, I will be naked just with the jacket <laughs> on. There you go. There you go. Okay, so we, we, we've talked about, like, the wings. We, we've talked about Keontae. We've talked about Tomlin. Um, we, we know about Marquise. You know, he is going to be a pit bull on – or a Doberman. It, it's the Dobermans on defense. I think Mitch Holtis – uh coined that phrase back in the day he's going to be a doberman on defense we know his ability to get to the rim shooting the deep ball and distributing we we know what marquise is going to be and we need him to be that guy for this team um we already talked about desi but the other two guards who are really going to be dependent on this year is cam carter and tyke green so cam carter i think is the apple of everyone's eye he was like one of the first guys to sign up he has that recruiting pedigree when he got minutes at mississippi state he thrived he just didn't get a lot of them uh so there's a lot of excitement there but almost in a polar opposite is tyke green he is a guy who has played a lot of college basketball he didn't have a big pedigree he wasn't at a power five type school so what do you expect from these two guys who again i i I think both fit into what tang wants to do but if you look at their path to K-State, it couldn't be more different. Absolutely. And I think they also will cover very different areas of the floor for K-State as well, because you're talking about Cam Carter, who's going to be a, a point guard and, and two guard, and Tyke Green, who could be a two guard or a linebacker for K-State. I mean, <laughs> that's the, that's the that thing. is a great line, Grant. <laughs> that might be the best line that you've dropped on podcast because i'm like yeah he can play two he can play three and even a small ball four i thought that's where you're going there it's like nope he can also play linebacker at k-state which is true if people want to go back to the uh curtis kelly uh show we did a few months ago uh he he had to hit hit himself with the pause button because he was talking about how great tyke's body is talking about how green has the best <laughs> body on the team he, he kept having to hit himself with like pause you know which you know you appreciate Kurt. but but again you, you see the videos and this this guy he is if you're going to create a guard uh, or a wing to play in the big 12 with how physical the league gets I mean green is that guy and that's the and that's what makes me excited about him although he really isn't talked about much I mean I guess maybe Kurt talked more about him than most people um, or maybe he just talked about his body which I understand too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, he, he he he's high on on, on green, and he's also like a guy where you know again, um, I I I think the hype wasn't as much because he was part of that big flurry once we started getting guys, getting guys, getting guys. But you go back and you look at his stat line again, coming from a different spot, and and he is going to be asked to do different stuff than Cam Carter. I think Tyke Green, depending on who is you know starting, he's going to be the second or third guy off the bench, and then again. Uh, because I think you might, and I'll ask about this later, you might want to attempt to redshirt a couple guys. I think his positional flexibility is what is going to be his biggest asset. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because that's the thing. It's kind of an unknown knowing what kind of production we can get from him because he has been a mixed bag throughout his career. 
Um, if we want to go off last year, just just go off last year, then everyone should be excited about what Green's going to do. But we can't just go off last year. He's he's had down seasons up until last year. I mean, okay seasons, but until last year, he really, really took off for Stony Brook this past season, which um, if he can shoot those kind of numbers for K-State, we're looking at a really deep team. I don't think he'll do that. I think he'll middle out somewhere, obviously. But like you said, I think the, the versatility he brings – um, is just going to be really what makes him so special because he can play that small ball for, he can play the two at times. Um, and I really like him on the wing um, as a guy that's sit, sitting in the corner. If he's, if he's hot, you give him the ball, he's open, he's going to hit you, hit, hit a wide open three. Um, and then play really tough defense. He's long, he's strong. I think he, he's going to be able to, be that kind of utility piece that Tang is looking for off the bench um, and maybe start right away since Sills is going to take some time to get off the ground. I know we'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, I, I do I do like what Tyke Green brings from a versatility standpoint. And I'm really excited about next week to ask Tang about guys like Tyke Green and David and Gesson, guys that I feel like we haven't heard enough about. Um, but I do like hearing that Kurt Kelly uh, – is, is high on Tyke Green because that's, I feel like, one of the, some of the first hints that he is going to be a key piece this season, which, because no one really talks about him. People like to talk about uh, Keontae, uh, Tomlin, and then obviously the apple of everyone's eye, like you said, Cam Carr, even people talk about him. But Tyke Green has so much experience. He's, he's built, like I said, like a linebacker, and so is Keontae. We're talking about two dudes that could play linebacker, uh, some football if they wanted to. It's it's Tyke Green and Keontae Johnson. Lining up at tight end. I mean, yeah. not to throw shade at anyone, but, like, yep. I mean, you know, th those are big guys. So, <laughs> Cam Carter is the apple of everyone's eye for a yeah. reason. Again, he had that recruiting pedigree when he went to Mississippi state, when he was able to get on the floor, he really flashed for them. So really kind of makes you wonder what was going on in Starksville, Mississippi last year. Um, but what is the expectation for him? You know, is he going to be able to live up to kind of these, uh, I don't want to say unrealistic, but kind of live up to this hype in year one. Uh, but he is a guy who has three years, I believe of eligibility left. Is he going to be, I'm not going to call him a project, but is he going to be like, hey, just a role player this year and next year's when we really see him take off? Or could we see some of this, you know, hype uh, come to fruition this season? I think we see flashes for sure. I don't know if it's going to be consistent throughout the whole entire season. I think he's going to have his down games where fans are, are, are you know, frustrated with his play. And then he's going to have games that are, are really incredible. One thing that I do think, though, even when he has down games, I don't think he's the type to turn it over a bunch. So if he's having a down game, it probably means he's not um, scoring at the level that I think he's capable of. Um, but otherwise, I think he's going to be a solid um, passer. I think he's going to be like, that's one of going to be one of his, I think, best traits is really setting other guys up. Um, and that's why I like the idea of him coming off the bench, but also playing with someone like Marquise because Marquise Noel is someone who, I wouldn't mind seeing off the ball sometimes with Cam Carter at the point and seeing if you could set Noel up for an open three somehow off some screens, off ball screens, um, or get even Noel cutting to the rim, even though he's short, we know he's really good at finishing at the rim. Um, 
but that, that duo I think could be really exciting. But I do think the expectations should be tampered a little bit for Cam Carter. I, I not to, I think he has all the potential in the world, and um, I think I, he just needs to find the utmost consistency. I think um, that's something that he will have to show and prove early on. I mean, he has to prove it in practice. He has to prove it in games. We'll see how quickly he um, gets on the court. Maybe he starts right away with Desi Sills. Um, still getting in the swing of things, but uh, I think he's he's a guy that we're gonna see flashes from. But like you said, I, more of a role player this year, and then next year, giant leap into probably that starting role that Noel is going to hold this year. For sure. All right. So the the two bigs that I, I think we're gonna see the most of is Bebe because I'm still not gonna try to. Uh, pronounce his uh, actual name. I'm going to go with Bay Bay because that's what the coaching uh, staff and players like to call him. And Colbert, uh, those are the two big guys and kind of a similar, you know, Tyke Green and Cam Carter dynamic where Bay Bay's played a lot of college basketball and, you know, a a solid uh, production guy throughout his entire career. Colbert, big time pedigree guy, just didn't really find the court much at LSU. Um, what do you think we're going to see from those two guys production wise? Because again, as much as I, I, I loved, I was Davion Bradford's biggest fan. I hope he does well at Wake Forest, but he could not give you any sort of plus production last year at all. And nobody could at the five, nobody could. So what sort of, you know, impact do you think we could see from those two guys? And I hope maybe I'm projecting a little bit, but I'm hoping it is, uh, going to be kind of night and day from the production we saw from that spot on the court last year. And I think it, I think it will be um, with the caveat, knowing that bigs in this system, I don't think are obviously going to be featured, but what they do well is, you know, defend, which I mean, in Bruce Weber's system, similar defend um, score when you are down low and you have a chance and uh, block shots. Uh, I mean, I think that's something that I think Colbert and Iola or Bebe, whatever you want to call him, can do. Um, they have length. I think Colbert is exciting because he's got all this potential that's, I think, untapped um, I, as just, you know, a really good athlete with length. Um, I'm excited about what Colbert can bring, but I also don't know how quickly he's going to enter the starting lineup. I really like Iola as experience goes and his length and what he was able to do um, in his, in his career so far uh, and his knee. That's another thing is last year. Yeah. We, we had our uh, K, uh, K state had Casey easy who had a knee brace and, you know, lumbered around. Iola is going to have a knee brace on him as well. But from what I could tell from, um, you know, just looking at highlights of him and his knee brace last year, he wasn't really, it didn't seem to affect him at all. He ran the floor really well and he found ways to be really productive and a really, really good offensive rebounder. And if that's something that the bigs can do this and specifically Bebe can do and get second chances for this team, that will be some of the most important production that they can bring to this team. And I think it's possible because that's what the staff wanted to go after and that's what they I think found in and specifically Bebe as an experienced guy to come in and, you know, try to be an anchor for that defense and, uh, and be a second chance monster. So 
different from, at least in my opinion, we, we know exactly what Noel is. We know what he can bring to this team. It's different from Ish, or at least I hope it is, because I don't think we are able to see Ishmael Masood find a role that he could really thrive in. I, I think he was asked to do a lot of stuff uh, that uh, he, he either shouldn't have been able to or it wasn't really capable of taking care of. I mean, we saw him have to play the five quite a bit. We saw him really have to try to guard some of the more athletic guys in the Big 12. I'm not sure if that is what Ish uh, is. And, and I don't think – I think that's why I think a lot of us were disappointed in him last year. Um, what What are your thoughts on his play last year? And then w- what do you think we could see from him this upcoming year? I mean, because we, we saw big-time flashes of him when he was at Wake Forest. He had some big games. And, he, hell, for us, there are a couple games where he was that sharpshooter we all thought he was going to be. Um, so what do you think that his role is going to be with this team, especially as one of just two returning players? I think part of the problem last year was um, <laughs> as as inconsistent as he was, he was still the I – mean, unless I'm missing someone, he was still the only heartbeat that they had in the front court. I'm sorry, the yeah, yeah no, the front I, court. Yeah, the yeah, only heartbeat they had. Yeah, the I mean, court. you're correct. You're 100% correct. Like it's it's not it's not hyperbole uh, – to say that even because yeah, Ish did not look good at times. Um, and you wish he would have hit some open shots that he didn't, he forced some shots that he shouldn't have, it seemed like. Um, but I think that was, yeah, just a, a product of a team that was really struggling to find answers and only could consistently find them from two guards and Marquise Noel and Nigel Pack. Um, this year, I think you're, you're upgraded in so many uh, areas um including you know <laughs> including the big position so yeah he won't have to ever worry about stepping into that five role unless of course it means they're matching up with the other team and he can be more of a small ball five kind of player but for the most part he's only he's going to be that stretch four he's going to be in the I think you know sitting in the corner um but also obviously being a part of uh being a part of the the ball at the top of the key at times as well. And being a pick and pop guy and being someone that can be versatile in that aspect. And I do think uh, the weight room was an issue too last year for him. I, I, I just don't love what they got out of the strength and conditioning program last year, this season, um, new, new regime um, with Phil bear, who I think is going to be a stud and already is a stud in that weight that- room there's a lot of fanfare about a lot of coaching and like staff hires, but grabbing him from Miami, absolute coup, absolute coup. Insane. And it just, it just takes the team to another level, especially a guy like uh, Ish who didn't seem to put much mass on last year when he should have. And that's, I, I, that was, I think on, you know, the strength and conditioning program, I think, um, which I mean, obviously Bruce Weber hired, um, but Bruce had a great strength and conditioning guy before that. And Ben O'Donnell, if Ben O'Donnell was there last year, I think Ish would have been a different player. I just, I just believe that I, in this season, I think he's going to be a different player. Um, is he going to be, a, is he going to be able to break into the rotation enough to, um, to be a guy that, that gives you really good minutes and, and can be that guy. I, I don't know because it is interesting. I almost would have expected him to go to Kansas City, 
But instead of since it is Tomlin, it does make me think, okay, issues issues still gonna I mean, what a lot of people already thought is gonna be a guy that's probably more off the bench, probably a key piece still, but um can he break into that? I do think what's exciting about Ish, I think he's probably um the best shooter in the front court on this team besides maybe Tomlin, because we still have, and obviously Keontae, I guess that's the thing, besides the starters, as a bench piece, if that's what Ish ends up being, he will easily be the best shooter off the bench in the front court, which is, I think, a very uh, valuable piece to have. Um, And then if he can work on his defense, which I actually really liked how he played defense at the end of last season. So getting, getting bulked up, I think he should be okay on that end. He's got decent length. He's 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 got decent height. So I like him on that end. Can he find consistency on offense? Which I think he can. I think he can with this this team. I think he'll find more openings. That's another thing. He'll he'll be open more often in this system. Um, so I, I like what we can see from Ish. But then again, there's so many other pieces that it, it is interesting to talk about to try to figure out where is he really going to fit on this team. It'll be it'll be interesting. Yes. All right. Uh, last guy that we'll ask specifically about, and, and again, it, it might be like, all right, TBD. We have to figure it out. David uh, Gisson, Gusson, because the N is silent. David Gusson uh, from Virginia Tech. Again, more of like kind of like a big moments in his career type of guy instead of like big time play throughout his entire career. Uh, where do you see him fitting on the team? Is it just like, all right, hey, it, it's a dependable guy who's played big-time college basketball who can be depth and kind of show some of these guys what playing power five ball is all about. Um, Cause that's all I kind of know about him. That's all I kind of have him written down for. So maybe if I join you, you know, at the T-Mobile center next week, maybe, you know, I'll be the one to ask her. I'm saying, you know, what David's going to bring to the team. And that's what I'm excited. Like, like, yeah, like that's what I'm excited about learning next week, because that's a guy that doesn't get talked about nearly enough when it comes to all the other pieces on the team. Um, I can just tell you like what you said, uh, what I know about him, he's bulked up. He's another strong dude. Um, I think he's going to be a great defender. And the biggest question mark is his offense. Uh, and that's where I think he's a great slasher. He's shown that at Virginia tech, he can really slash to the hoop, but he's, he's never really shown to be a consistent or willing three point shooter as much as he is to, a guy that really wants to run to the rack. Um, But he also just hasn't had enough playing time, Um, similar to Cam Carter, but with more experience um, because he's been, you know, he's been in it longer, but he just hasn't got enough chances at Virginia tech. He hasn't started um, many games. He, and he's, I think he only played like 14 minutes per game with Virginia tech. So, or at least this, the, his final season there. So I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe he, fits into another 14 minute per game with K-State, or maybe he gets to 20 minutes per game. I, I'm i not sure what he does, but I do think he could be quality depth um, in the front court as a dude that could also probably play the five quite a bit in small ball situations because he um, because he's known more, I think, for his defense than he is for his offense. And that's something that I think will be more uh, – valuable at the five than it is necessarily the four when they're looking for more of a a skilled guy that can hit the three and maybe put the ball on the floor 
I just don't know about Ingeson as an offensive player yet. Maybe Tang tells us next week that, oh, nope, he hits 10 threes in a row every every practice. But until we hear that, I'm I'm going to tamper my expectations on what we see from David and get uh in Goosen and in, in Goosen. I think it's Goosen, Goosen, one of those I like two. Because I, I keep He's hearing the N is silent, so we'll, we'll see. I, I I I'll uh I'll reach out to uh, Mitch Fortner or uh you know uh Wyatt Thompson. They'll, they'll set me straight on him. Do they uh, have we, the Do they have the pronunciations on the website yet or not? I, mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll check yeah. after this. Um. Handful of questions, then then we will call it a night. Uh, Thomas Manning Finister, three guys you don't hear a lot about. Three guys with multiple years of eligibility. Well, Thomas has, I think, two years of eligibility, two or three. Manning Finster, uh, true freshman. I don't think we're going to see a lot of those guys. Uh, I think at least Finster, maybe Manning, both could be redshirt candidates. Um, so I, I guess my question about these three guys is, uh, do you see any of these three guys making massive impacts this year? Um, or are they just projects? And then any official prediction on possible redshirting of any of them? I think for sure projects. And then redshirting is is difficult to um, to project in basketball because I think one the game rules, and you're done. Yeah, one That's game wild. and you're done. Wild. I don't understand. I think they need I think to it should be that. five or six. Yes, I, at least. I think. I think absolutely not wild. Exhibition think, game doesn't count. So that Washburn game, it doesn't count. But absolutely effing wild. That football gets four. Yeah, basketball's one. One. And game. I think the only. I think the only reason they haven't put that rule in place, and they probably never will, or maybe they will, but uh, is because that it's just you just don't see redshirting as much in basketball. It's just not a thing as much. I mean, you have less players, you have, uh, and, and more guys, you know, looking to get to the next level as quickly as possible, whereas football, you have to wait around till you can, uh, you know, be eligible. So I I do think, uh, it, it is stupid. They should change that rule, but I don't think they ever will, but I do see them redshirting at least one guy and, if everyone stays healthy throughout the season, which is obviously not going to happen, you always have injuries. But if everyone stays healthy, I, I don't see how Manning doesn't redshirt either, unless for some reason he's already better than a guy like Gusan or uh, Masood, which I just don't see happening. I mean, he needs experience. I think he could be a good player in the future. And he's been doing good in practice. He, He's a, he's, he's a skilled, I think, you know, for that can be really good in this system later on. Um, but I just don't see much room for him right away. So I wouldn't be surprised if both red shirt, but then again, injuries are going to happen. And, um, and maybe, and maybe too, I mean, it depends on too, what the kids want. I think sometimes as well, uh, maybe, maybe one, maybe one of them will say, Hey, if it's end of the game and it's garbage time, I still want to go in there, coach. I, I'm not really and, – and maybe he uh, respects that kind of choice. It's so many things that go into it, so it's hard to predict. But I think at least one for sure, and I wouldn't be shocked if two. And then Thomas, I don't think red shirts, I would say, just because he's been around longer. He's has more experience, and I could see him filling in here and there. And, and for sure coming in, you know, I could, I just don't see him red shirting this late in his career. I see him more – 
being a guy that still comes in in garbage time. And, and if he for some, somehow uh, surprises some people, cracks into the rotation just the touch. Who knows? All right, we got four questions left. We'll go rapid fire on these ones. As we sit here today on October 11th, who is the starting five for that very first game of the Jerome Tang era versus University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley? All right, I'm going um, – yeah, I, I think it's just too – too quick for Sills to be put in right away and maybe to keep team morale too. It's almost like uh, this guy just came in. Maybe it's, it's not wise to start him right away unless who knows the way the team is. Maybe the, maybe they'll all rally around him and say, no, this dude's too good. He has to start, but I'm going to say he's not going to be ready right away to start. So I'm going Marquise Noel at the one. And then it's between Cam Carter and Tyke Green at the two. And I'm leaning Tyke Green because of experience and the fact I like Cam Carter off the bench as a, um, as a backup to Noel. The three is going to be Naquan Tomlin. I really do believe that. I don't think – and obviously, like you said, it's going to be interchangeable between the three and the four. But I do like Naquan um, because I also don't know if he's going to be strong enough right away to guard some guys in the in the front court so I like Keontae at the four he's strong enough to do that kind of stuff and he's a great offensive player as well and then give me another experienced guy I'm going all experience right out the gate with uh, Bebe Iola I really like him um, as the starting center someone who has a ton of experience someone I think Colbert should be able to learn a ton from and uh learn how to get into that starting role eventually, whether it's this year, um, if he's able to, or uh, I think he has a great chance, obviously, to run full steam ahead into that starting role as the starting five next year. All right. So as they're tipping off in Kansas City in the Big 12 tournament this spring, are you going to make any changes? Is it just Tykee for uh, Desi Sills? I think that's it. I know some people – I don't know. It's – I just I just don't see Colbert making the strides to get into the starting lineup. It's possible. Also, I mean, with with Bebe's injury, I mean, he barely played. That's the thing is Colbert's going to play a bunch no matter what. You look at what the minutes um, Bebe played. Uh, what was it, Hofstra? Uh, you look at the minutes he played there. He played, I don't think, more than 20 minutes per game, which shows that he was limited. Um and I, I could see that being a case again here. They really split time. So basically it doesn't really matter who starts that they're going to both play 20 minutes. Um, but I, I, I do think um, that's the only switch I'd make. I, obviously I can't take Tomlin out, can't take Keontae out and can't take Noel out. So I, I do think Colbert has a, has the best chance out of everyone else to possibly push into that starting lineup come uh, conference play but I'm just not ready to sit here and say that's going to happen. All right, and here's the big two. Where are you predicting K-State to finish in the Big 12, and will they be dancing this March? They will be dancing, and I'm predicting fourth place in the Big 12, which is, I know, a lot higher than a lot of people expect because you just you just finished, uh, you just finished bottom of the barrel the last three seasons. Yep and new regime 
a lot of unknowns surrounding Jerome Tang as a, as a head coach, obviously he's never been one before. Um, so I get all the, I get all the apprehension, but they've upgraded the roster in every area. They got one of the premier transfers in the portal. I mean, if he can get back to what he was at Florida, I know there's some great transfers in this league, but he probably is the best transfer, at least getting is at least in the conversation as best transfer in the big 12 um, incoming transfer. Um, and then you have a wild card like Tomlin who gets talked about so much um, as a guy that I, I just, I just really like the pieces that they have involved and the depth. I mean, cause we talked about guys like ish, and Gasson, who I don't know how much time they're going to get because there's so much there, but they they could be um, s- starters on worse teams uh, in in high major basketball. I do believe, um, but I just see that. And then the and then the Desi Sills was a huge huge piece to make sure if he didn't come in, I was going to tamper my expectations probably say sixth or seventh and sneak into the tournament still because I still believe this team could have done it it would have been difficult but I still could have seen it happen but Desi Sills does to me take their ceiling to a whole whole nother level because I talked about it earlier he does things that others in the backcourt can't and that's be a killer with the basketball and really score the basketball Um, sure his percentages weren't great last year at Archie State but he's shown he can be really consistent in other seasons and um, even if he's not super consistent, you still need a guy that is really willing to attack the basket um, and, and, and be a leader as far as that goes. So I just like the pieces they have. I like the depth. If they can stay healthy um, relatively throughout the season. I think fourth is a real possibility. I love it. All right, Grant, that's all we have, but you will be back. I'm sure multiple times this basketball season. Uh, Plug anything going on at KSO, and then uh, we'll call it a day. Get over, get over to KSO. I think it's still a dollar for a year, which uh, you can't beat that um, kind of deal. Uh, I don't even know how much longer it's going to go on. I'm sure it's going to go on until it starts to slow down. So get in while you can, um, because we're growing um, at KSO. We're looking good uh, at On Three. On Three is a great place. Uh, what do you think of On Three? Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. It's it's, just, it's awesome. Yeah. It's just a great, I think, format. I think they have done everything the right way. They're not afraid to point out the fact that there's other competitors in the industry and point out um, where they're rating people, where they're rating recruits and have a consensus, which is great. If you didn't know about that, like that's something I think on three is taken um, and made more of a, a newer feature than what we're used to on um recruiting services so check it out i i've really been enjoying my time with on three so far and uh we're just getting started so get over there if i'm going to plug anything uh football 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 we're we're you know obviously in the middle of a football season but also basketball 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 that's my that's my cup of tea and next week me dy and scott we're going to be tearing up t-mobile center and talking with Tang, talking with all sorts of people, obviously the players, Keontae, uh, Tomlin, and Marquise, who I love Marquise, always love talking to him. 
and uh, see what see what these other teams are also going to be like in the Big 12, see what they're coming with and what coaches have to say about uh, what their squads are going to do, even though I hope uh, they all lose. So we'll see what happens. I agree with you. So that's all we have for this episode, kicking off uh, a lot of basketball content during this bye week. So for Chauncey Bosco, the Wonder Pup, for Grant Flanders and all of K-State Online, we love you guys and go Cats. Hail to the purple, hail to the white, wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater, from sea to sea, onward Fight UK State Wildcats for alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight. Podcast Network.